From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Donald Trump has basically taken over all of the news. There is no news other than Trump news at this point in time, right? I, I think that's safe to say because even though some network is currently covering the tax fraud case of Hunter Biden, ah, that's still Trump news. That is still Trump. That's what I mean yeah, by this. I, I, you're spot on, man. So I, one of the things that I find difficult about talking about Donald Trump is that is that I don't because people are so emotionally attached to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. They either hate the guy or they love the guy. In order to talk about it, I think we have to look at it like little scientists. We have to analyze Trump as a figure and remove our emotions from it in the same way that we would look at Ulysses S. Grant, right? Or the same way we would look at Nixon or anybody like that. Okay. We have to remove our the emotional component of it, however way we feel about it. Okay. And we have to objectively analyze what's going on in front of us. Trump's got several legal cases that we're going to get into. He's got uh, it's, it's several goofs and gaffs that we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. We, we've got uh, he, his lawyers made an argument in court, which was released today to the media. That is beyond bizarre that his lawyers would go up there and say that. But before we get to all of that, Donald Trump had a very relaxed town hall, Fox News. He's talking to Brett Baer, drinking a Diet Coke, minding his own business. Laura, we got any audio from this from this lovely because I only got a couple of segments from this. I watched the whole thing because, you know me, I love softball. I know you do. I love to watch me some softball. <laughs> so here's a little bit of what that sounded like last night from the former So president. I said, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. They cut it. They go, I'm going to be a dictator. But they cut the rest of the sentence. No, no. I am not going to be a dictator. I'm going to manage like we did. We were so successful that the country was coming together. It was actually coming together and coming together well. It was a beautiful thing to see, uh, and we're going to do that again. Okay, so... No country's ever come together so well. <laughs> Not even when Germany took down the wall did they come together the way was, America was coming together. It's like hands across America. It's like hands across America. Just like little, little hands 1986, across little hands. But little the T-shirts, you remember that? Yeah, all the way across. Children singing. Like we you've are never the sang world. before. Most beautiful singing. We are the people. <laughs> so, uh, let's do a little bit of a history lesson okay. here. Pinochet... Uh, fascist from South America. He was elected to power. He's a mil- basically a military dictator. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm only going to be a fascist for as long as it, or I'm only going to be a dictator for as long as it takes me to get rid of all these leftists. Right. That was basically his argument that he made to his people. Right. right. So it's going to be a very short period of time. He goes, maybe six months. Right. And then I'll, I'll go back. We'll go back to the democratic system. It was 17 years under his fascistic rule. I don't believe people, whether it's a joke or whether it's whether they're being serious about it. when you say it's just going to be one day, one day might turn into 72 hours. That might turn into two weeks. That might turn into six months. I don't like anybody even hinting at the idea. Now, he's talking about using executive orders. I get it. Mm hmm. This is we don't we should not have a country who is being ruled by executive orders. Joe Biden. We should not have somebody that's, who goes that's in there. Based. It's completely based. Who goes in there and signs Biden? I think day one didn't he sign like twenty four, twenty five executive orders just within the first hour. I thought it was like in the thirties, but I yeah. could be wrong. Well, here's the problem though. I'm with you. You're sure. exactly right. But when you've got a dysfunctional Congress that can't come to any kind of compromise exactly. or work together across the aisles, these right. guys are so, become so entrenched on both sides. Right. 
you've got to you've got to conduct the business through executive order. Trump had to do the same thing. Right. And I don't like the fact that there were people who are okay with that because that when people tell me what they are, I believe them. When somebody says, I will do this, I happen to I don't think that Trump is lying about that. But I don't because I have to stick to my morals and my principles because I love America so much. If it, I don't care who it is. If they go, I'm just going to be a dictator for one day. Nope. And if, and if I can't nope. go after my political opponents on day one, I may take it over to day two. I might take it over to day and, two. And, and, and if I can't lock down the media that I don't approve of and don't agree with, I may, I may take day three to lock them down. Right. It, it's just not a good system. It's not even really that funny because it puts people on edge. I think Americans have a culture, and rightfully so, where we, we don't like the idea of authoritarianism. We hate it. Sure, look, yeah. Look at how many progressive Democrats were running around after six months of COVID lockdowns being like, please let me out of my house. There is this thing that goes on where Americans, we just have a culture that is a truly beautiful thing. And when you try to interrupt that, it, we, it, it, it puts people on edge. So Trump's legal team, or his lawyers are now arguing in the whole, uh, should he be immune from any kind of criminal prosecution? based on his time when he was president of the United States. Anything that he did in the pursuit of that office is he removed from criminal prosecution. His lawyers were talking to the judge. This is the argument that they made. I heard this this morning, and my jaw hit the floor. I could Mm -hmm. not believe that somebody would make this argument. Here's what that sounded like yesterday. I don't have that one. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I I can paraphrase. I've heard it so many times. Uh, Let me... me Go back to say that um, Jack Smith, the prosecution, when he presented his briefs to the appellate court, said, what if a president wants to kill his political opponents? What if a president wants to blah, 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 blah? Could, could he be, would he be immune from criminal prosecution? So the judge in the appellate court in D.C. asked Trump's lawyer directly, are you saying that the president could hire SEAL Team 6 to kill his yes. political rival? Yes. And thus be, and if it was in the official act of duty, could he not be prosecuted for crimes committed in office? And the Trump's attorney goes, well, unless he's uh, charged, impeached, and found guilty by the Senate, he couldn't be charged criminally. Laura, can you pull that? It's, I sent it in the text messages that I sent you earlier this morning. So basically, Trump's attorney's name is John Sauer, and he's answered, he said, with a qualified yes, that would be the case, that the Trump, that the, the president has that ability. Right, unless he's impeached and convicted. Right, by, which is, a, the argument that he was making is that Trump would potentially kill a human being using SEAL Team 6. He would then have to be impeached by the House, convicted by the Senate, and then he could be exposed to criminal prosecution. That makes no sense because, let us just say hypothetically, Joe Biden hires SEAL Team 6 to kill Donald Trump. Right now, House Republicans, Senate Democrats. That means that they could impeach him in the House, but not convict him in the Senate, meaning that he could legally murder somebody simply because of a small majority. That is a legal argument that Trump's lawyers are making, which is frightening, and it should be frightening to people. And I don't understand why more conservatives aren't saying, wait a minute, you guys, like, hey, let's think about this for two seconds. We're talking about the ability to take a human being's life if you hold a simple majority in one of the two houses. That's amazing. Well, you, you need two thirds to convict in the Senate. So as long as you can keep 35 senators alive who agree with your point of view, you can never commit it, be found guilty of a crime. Right. I mean, it, it, is a, it is a really amazing, amazing argument. Laura, were you able to find that? If not, it's no worries. I think we got it. Yeah. Here's what that sounded like from the lawyer. You're saying a president could sell pardons, could sell military secrets, 
could order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a, a political rival. Sale of military secrets strikes me as something that might not be held to be an official act. The sale of pardons is something that's come up historically okay. and was not prosecuted. It's real. You're right. It's really bizarre. But the murder thing, that could be an official act. We, can, we see that one as, that's under the the performance of his, his duties as president. Yes, Your Honor. Right. A qualified I, yes, he said. Yeah. You know, you know, man, the thing is, is that sometimes people will say, you know, oh, you guys talk about Trump so much. Why do you guys talk, why don't you guys talk about Biden more? Like, why don't you guys, why don't you guys rip into Joe Biden more? The thing is, is that when I analyze Joe Biden as a political figure, I don't think that I necessarily need to make the case to people that Joe Biden has a litany of problems. I don't think that I do. Right. Right. The border issue is a big issue. Yeah. Right. The inflation issue is a big issue, even mm -hmm. though it's coming down, going back up a little bit, but it's coming back down again. I don't think I need to make the case to a lot of people that Joe Biden's got some issues as president of the United States. I think it's fair to say. Right. I, I feel, and I could be wrong about this, and people can let me know, 888-973-5476. That's the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Is that not enough people actually know what's wrong with Donald Trump as a political figure? They'll talk about all the accomplishments that are pretty much all lies. Greatest economy in 50 years. Yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? They'll do what started new wars, whatever it is. But if you actually look at the policies uh, past the talking points, mm -hmm. you see running up the deficit. You see selling weapons to the Middle East. You see nothing but conflict after conflict after bad policy after bad policy. And so it's this weird thing where I don't think that I think that so many commentators out there, conservative or Republican commentators, got so afraid of losing their audience that they started making excuses for bad neoliberal policy and just towing the party line because it was good for the bottom line and they didn't want to lose their audience. I don't blame them, right? That, that's, I don't that's blame what, them. That's what the court found when they sued Fox News. They knew behind closed doors in emails to each other that what they were doing was was false, but they didn't want to lose their audience to other outlets like Newsmax or OAN. So, they, I mean, they've, they've admitted to it and been, been penalized for it in court. Right. And so, you know, I, I guess it's the kind of thing where when I, when I see it, I get that people are tired about it, but I, I am as well. Like, I wish that I didn't have to talk about the guy anymore, but there comes a time where you have to ask yourself, at, or how much are we going to allow? I hate to get on my soapbox about this, but how much are we going to allow from a malignant narcissist to go around and crack jokes about being a dictator, have his lawyers argue that he has the ability to kill people? It just seems kind of bizarre. And the thing that's even sadder about it is if you listen to, like, I don't know, Mark Levine or Dan Bongino or any of these type of people, they are unwilling to address this fact whatsoever. It's kind of like neoliberalism, crony capitalism, bad business deals, bad weapons deals, trade tariffs. They're unwilling to acknowledge it out of fear. And that's an issue. If you can't call, if you can't call into question power because you're afraid of your listening audience, what does that say about you as a figure? Right, you've, you've, you're Doctor Frankenstein. You've built a monster you can't control. Yes, I think that's such a great example. Uh, right? and, and and again, my old man taught me this a long time ago. Don't ever fault the guy for having a winning strategy. <laughs> I mean, fault, Trump has his over. He's flooded the zone, as Steve Bannon put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. many cases, ninety-one charges, four different jurisdictions. Of course, he can say they're coming after me. It's excessive, and it's it's winning. His audience eats it up. They believe every word of it. Right now, Trump said the other day i found this to be fascinating he said that the civil war could have been negotiated did yeah. you catch this clip? Uh, yeah, this was during a clip uh, during a speech in iowa yeah yeah, yeah 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 and here's what that sounded like the other day i'm so attracted to seeing it so many mistakes were made see there was something i think could have been negotiated to be honest with you i think you could have negotiated that all the people died so many people died you know that was the disaster if you got hit by a bullet in the leg 
you were essentially going to die or lose the leg. That's why you had so many people, no legs, no arms. If you got hit in the arm or the leg, it meant you were up because the infection, gangrene. Okay. It was just such a, you know, sort of a horrible time. Uh -huh. But that's, I was thinking to myself because I was uh, reading something and I said, this is something that could have been negotiated. Yeah. You know, it was just for all those people to die and they died viciously. That was a vicious, vicious war. And uh, in many ways, look, they're all this nothing nice about it. But boy, that was a that was a tough one for our country. But I think it's, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln. Of course, if you negotiated it, you probably wouldn't even know who Abraham Lincoln was. Okay. Uh, he would have been president, but he would have been president. <laughs> he would have been he wouldn't have been the Abraham Lincoln would have been different. But that would have been OK. It's uh it would have been a, a thing that, and I, I know it very well, I know the whole process that they went through and they just couldn't get along and that would have been something that could have been negotiated and they wouldn't have had that problem, but it was a tell, it was a hell of a time. And you Cut think me of off it whenever, today, this is four minutes long. <laughs> okay, so here's the problem, stopped. is that they did try to negotiate, and this is, again, shows Donald Trump's ineptitude, where if he can't cite the three-fifths compromise when he's talking about this issue, why is he talking about it? Does he not realize that this was talked about since the founding of the country, right? That this mm -hmm. is something that had been debated and negotiated and argued over for for decades. And his his big brain, big rink. I'm told that this man is a genius. I'm told that this man is a scholar. I'm told that this man somehow is able to he's got his finger on the pulse of America and he can't reference anything about the Civil War outside of gangrene. It reminded me of this cut from The Simpsons when because he's just meandering. He's just going all over the place. When, that was a that was a derailed train of thought. Right, that yeah. was pretty crazy. That reminds me of this cut from when Grandpa Simpson was talking about his strategy when he was talking to the youth. You remember that? The time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville, I needed a new heel for my shoe, <laughs> so I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. No. To take the ferry cost nickels, <laughs> and in those days, it's the same thing, right? Of bumblebees on them. <laughs> Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. No, it, where were oh, we? Oh, yeah. This goes on for no, four minutes. It's, four four minutes, minutes. Right. it's the same thing, up. right, Laura? I mean, it's the same vibe that yeah, I get from the guy. He had the bone saws. He had to cut through the knee. So they take a liquor and they put it on the cloth over the mouth, and then hold it. You have to hold them down and bigger. Oh, I mean, I think the problem is, is like the more that you read about former President Donald Trump, the more that it becomes clear that he's not fit to hold office. The more I guess the problem is, is that you and I take in so much news on a regular basis. Yeah. And you and I take in so much information about the guy on a regular basis that it becomes difficult to even start to say, well, how do I give the guy the benefit of the doubt when it comes to X, Y or Z? Right. Mm -hmm. It comes to a point where you get you're just so locked in with information <laughs> That you go, okay, so I don't see how anybody could vouch for the guy at this point in time. If you're a conservative at that point in time, you're vouching for a neoliberal. It's not conservative values, right? You're vouching for the machine. Right. If you're saying, well, he's out there to drain the swamp and he's out there to uncover the deep state. You're talking about a guy who hired 300 lobbyists to be in his administration. It's twice the number that Obama had. The most criminally indicted administration in U.S. history, and that right. passes Nixon. That's right. saying something. But I'm even talking about like the talking points of, of him, the way that he brands himself. He said, I'm going to declassify all this information about the deep state. Where is it? 
Do you remember that? It's coming up behind the... Uh, Spike the, shrugs the, uh, on talk radio, by the well, way. That's Spike's version uh, sorry. Of, of engaging well, with content it, it, is shrugging sorry. and looking at his computer screen <laughs> no, and looking at his I phone. Mean, what's right behind the, the, the health care plan is that coming in any two weeks now. It's a promise made, promise not kept. Right, right, right. Well, somebody texted during the uh, No Stupid Questions, what about Nikki Haley as a candidate? Right. So, I mean, when you look at what President, former President Trump is doing, I mean, it's not about the policies even so much. I know, I know his neoliberalism is, is will always going to stick in your craw that he wasn't the right guy for the job. Right. So I'd vote for a sitting Republican. I really would. Who would you vote for if you had the opportunity to vote for? Send me a sane Republican. I told you I'd vote for Chris Christie. I really believe that. <laughs> sure. You know, sure. I, I don't agree with a lot of the policies. So a lot of things Nikki Haley, I think, could bring some stability. A more conservative, a more uh, a more. Nikki Haley is not a conservative. Well, she's more a, more so than former President Trump is. No, 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 not even, no? not even close. Well, she's sane. Can I just go with that? I'll take sane. I mean, sane. I mean, sane is nice. I mean, but I, I, the thing is, is that in the, the United States, we're caught in this like neoliberal matrix, right? Where you have everybody who's into weapons contracts, they're into overseas conflicts, yeah. they're into got can't got to keep Lockheed Martin shareholders super happy. Got to make sure that everybody's. Yeah. Pockets are filled with those sweet government well, subsidies. This is the Uniparty you keep hearing about, right? This is the Uniparty okay. that everybody keeps talking about. Speaking about Uniparty, by the way, there's a proposal that would limit rent increases in Washington State and also Seattle's high housing costs haven't stopped the people from living alone, myself included. I wish I didn't live alone. It's a miserable existence. You don't want to live with a goofball roommate, though, just to save money. Laura, you're going through this right now. Do you enjoy living with your roommates? I do. They're lovely. See, I need people in my life. I have none. I have nothing. I go to my lonely apartment by myself and live in pain and suffering with my sickness and my broken rib. <laughs> a, a roommate could have turned off Ann Murray for you. <laughs> no, you sat there and suffered, laid and suffered. All right, we'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. Spike, John Curley just texted me. Okay. Now, I love John. Yes, you are. John, yeah. John and I are good friends. John has been there for me countless times. He's the first person I called when I got divorced was John Curley. Hi, hi John. Because, you know, I figure if you're going to call somebody, you call an expert. So I called John. And so so, uh, John has been there for me. I can't tell you how many times. My love for John Curley is, you know, I got an email from somebody. They said, I hope you get something from your friendship with John Curley because he because they were upset about John talking about Trump or whatever. Hi, John. Mm-hmm. And I sent them an email back and I said, it's not what I get from John Curley. It's what John gives me. Right. That's, nice. you know what I'm saying? That's nice. That John is a very giving and compassionate man. Now I say all that to say this, John sent me a screenshot of a, of a thumbnail of a, of a podcast that it says alphabet boys and then it is a car on fire with the black lives matter fist that says fbi on it and then it's screenshotted at his particular time this is indecipherable i need people i need boomers to understand this don't do this don't screenshot things and send them to people when you're trying to ask them to this is a psa for all, all my boomer friends out there this is not the way you communicate Send me a text message. Okay. Right? Okay. Laura, back me up on this. You don't just screenshot something and send it to somebody out of context, right? No. Right? No. This is a massive social faux pas. <laughs> Unless it's a meme or a joke. Like, I don't know. Is he mad about this? Is he upset about this? Is he enthusiastic about this? Does he want my thoughts on he this? He probably wants you to call him, but Spike can confirm or deny that. Right. Uh, well, what, what, what does he want? What does he want? He wants, he wants you to listen to that podcast. At that timestamp, there's a oh. message in there. See, we, we boomers speak 
We understand each other. <laughs> this is why you, you ask an expert. Right. I wouldn't have to tell John right. how to get across the pass in a snowstorm. Okay. You know, John right. knows. John, yes. John, John and I have shared experience. We're both mid-Atlantic refugees here to the West Coast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We both have, we have similar backgrounds mm-hmm. in, in religious households. Similar athletic prowess. Similar athletic prowess. He was <laughs> once the, the shining star of his high school team, as was I. Yes. He, yeah. John could have, if they'd have put John in the fourth quarter, they'd have won a state championship. He could probably throw a stake over that mountain. Right. But, okay, so here's the issue. Like, I understand. Here, okay, here's my other thought about this. I, w- I wonder what is at the Alphabet Boys podcast at that time. Well, so I, now I have to research it. So right, I type right. in Alphabet Boys, and I found out that there's this podcast out there where they, it is secret undercover recordings reveal an FBI operation to infiltrate Denver's racial justice protests in 2020. Alphabet Boys explores federal cops' manufactured crimes. New binge-worthy podcast exposes FBI's role in Denver's racial Racial justice protests. So this is my issue with with us talking about BLM. BLM is irrelevant. I'll okay. say objectively. Okay. When Patrice Cullors was exposed with mm-hmm. her real estate thing, where mm-hmm. she was yeah, like, "Of yeah. course I have a house in Encino, and of course I yeah. have a house in the hills, yeah. and of course I have a house in Atlanta. Where's my mom going to live? And of course I'm going to pay my brother a seventy five thousand dollar a year salary for right. consultation." BLM is irrelevant as an organization. People need to get off the whole BLM thing. It's not around anymore. Zoomers don't care about it. Young people don't care about it. Nobody cares anymore, right? They were exposed. It's over. It's done. Let's all move on. Which I think is heartbreaking, to be honest with you, because I think the attitude that all lives matter, Mm -hmm. black, white, brown, whatever, yellow, whatever, Sure, that's a great cause I think I can get behind. When someone has such a mismanaged and corrupt leadership group, it it, it undermines the entire message of what should have been a very worthwhile and and backable cause. Laura, does the youth ever talk, do the youths ever talk about... BLM anymore? Not, not really. Not really. What are you guys on to now? Free Palestine, obviously. Ah, yes, of course. You guys, Keep up, you go you? from BLM to terrorists. Of course, that <laughs> oh, makes perfect sense. Okay. Such a short leap, <laughs> such a short walk. So, but I think that people, in the same way that that poor young woman who was screaming into the heavens when Trump was elected, mm-hmm. is used as a meme. Yeah, a that thousand was, times over. That was eight years ago. Get a new meme, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro has relied on a tweet that he made eight years ago, and he has written that into a, a seven-figure bank account. Facts don't care about your feelings. Get a new, play a new hit. Give us a new song. Who are you, Morrissey? Play the hits. <laughs> You're play human, the hits. And you want to be loved, just like everybody right. else. Right. Yeah. Can, you, can you just play, give me something. Give me Sell s- us new merch. Give us new merch. <laughs> Make new I mean. music, right? Yeah. We need more things. Like, if you're constantly going back to old dead memes, like BLM or, yeah. uh, you know, whatever it might be. Like, did I, someone unironically made a, uh, made a 97 genders joke the other day on Twitter, like 2 million likes, you know, cause they were talking about, Oh, I'm sure that you guys still believe that there's 97 genders. That's 2006. Get new jokes, get new material. But, but boomers are, are ages behind and, terms yeah, we of like how the internet like. moves. Right. We like what we like. But guys. I'm just saying, it's akin to this. If I saw Louis C.K. in 2016, mm-hmm. and I saw his stand-up special, and I really liked it, and then I went back in 2024, and he did the exact same hour, I would say this is a hack. And so when I look at a lot of people who are on Twitter, when they're commenting about BLM, or they're commenting about the wokes out there, all their material is hacky, and it's bad. 
It's all hacky. It's all bad. Get new yolks. You need to crack a few eggs to get some new yolks. That's, that's what I'm funny. saying. Now that's funny. Right? That's a dad joke you can be proud that's of. That's right what there, I like buddy. right there. Lord, do you ever get tired? <laughs> are you as tired of this as I am when it comes to like people rehashing old dead memes? I'm tired of this, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's too damn bad. Right, but are you serious? Like, people keep re the people are recycling old concepts that don't aren't really culturally relevant anymore. Yeah, yeah. It makes the internet an exhausting place to be. And I think this is why Gen Z has has gone into such a post-irony place where the memes are like copy-pasted over each other and blurry and pixelated. Deep fried. Yeah. Deep yeah. fried memes. Because it's no longer about generating new content. It's about reusing old content. Yeah, and that's just laziness. It's if laziness. I have to hear somebody say the phrase... Democrats believe that boys can be girls and girls can be boys again and think that that is a cohesive argument. I will leave. Po I will leave talking about politics. That is a careful. That is a, that <laughs> really? is a, that is a 2016 line from uh, from conservative commentators. Yeah, but and you, just you like, play the hits people want to hear when you go to a convention like CPAC. Right. You play the hits people okay. want to hear. So, but this is the equivalent if Ario Speedwagon was playing that one hit over and over and over again at every show that they went to. What was that hit? I believe it's time for me to fly. No, 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 no. I'm talking about people say, "Look at oh, my yeah. baby." It is something different. We know what it is. People aren't having one-on-one -on -one conversations. <laughs> when which is where I you, said that I love you, where you I need a cohesive argument. I love you forever, <laughs> and I'm gonna keep, keep on loving you. Cause, Cause it's the only thing I wanna do. Look at I Nate. hate yeah. you guys. If they don't wanna <laughs> sleep. I just want to keep on loving you. If they played that for six hours straight, I would lose my mind. And you'd be at a Kansas concert. But it would, work in a, it would work in a stadium. And you're, they're playing to stadium crowds. That's fair, too. I, th okay, that's a good argument. <laughs> that's that's where nuance loses. I'm still in a stadium. Okay, the point that I'm making is that I need John to not send me text messages that I can't fully decipher. I'll, I'll always be here to help that's you. That's the whole point of the last soldier. eight minutes of my life. <laughs> thank is, you, John. Thank you, John, because I, I need new material. I'm trying to hear what this is about because what he's saying is the FBI caused and, and, and started the violence. In BLM. That's what he's saying, right? So now so I have we to keep, we have to hold new her paradigm. But then John's on at three, which means I have to wait until six, and that's my teriyaki chicken time. Well, maybe it's us te teasing his show. Maybe that's how John geniusly got us to tease oh, his show. Oh, that devious mastermind! Oh, John look Curley. at this marketing genius! God, got to keep on loving John Curley. We'll take <laughs> a really quick. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. the third right there. I just, I'm heartbroken because I know we're going to kill it before we get the guitar solo. You know? Can we wait till the guitar solo? Because it's coming up, right? Actually, Andrew, I don't know if you want to fast forward it to the guitar right, solo. It's coming right it is here. so good. Such good tone. Ah, oh, chills. One of Gibson Les Paul. Oh. So good. Gary Richraff. That's got to be through a box. AC30 would be my guess. Listen to that. That's oh. tubes right there. Yeah, I can play. 
All right. We're all in agreement that REO Speedwagon is one of the most underrated bands of all time, right? We can disagree clearly, that. Clearly. I mean, what was their last... I think their last show was in a weird... It was in, like, Brazil or something like that. Oh, I don't that. know. They're still torn. No, I know, but, like, before they had that breakup, oh, I think they played yeah, in front of, like, 80,000 people or something yeah. like that, and then What's-His-Name, lead singer, had, like, a I, I Can't Do This Kevin anymore. Cronin, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I gotta take a break. Yep, yep. So, which I totally understand. Also, that, that northern Midwest accent of his really comes through on that song. Oh, yeah. When I said that I love... All right, we're not gonna waste more time on this. <laughs> January's secret, according to the New York Times, is that it's the best month. And, you know, I a lot of people told me they go oh Jack Washington State it's gonna be so cold it's gonna be so awful and for some reason everybody forgets that I lived on Queen Anne for like years of my you know what I mean I don't don't know what it is but I was here like ten years ago and it was just snowing and miserable and I don't I have I like weather events I like it when it's cold I like it when it's hot to me you don't want to live in a place that doesn't have a renewal of Mm. of 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 whether plants, what wildlife, yeah. whatever it is, you want that kind of cleansing of rain and of weather and of reflection. You ever notice places where they don't really have the the kind of shifting weather? Pretty miserable places. Anybody been to Phoenix? Yeah, pretty lousy place. Florida. It's always just the saying, same weather. Yeah, it's just it always is. the no same. Variety. The yeah. reason that I like uh, Hawaii so much is because you have. In an interesting way, you have these massive weather events that roll in, mm. and you've got torrential rain for like two or three days, and then there's this renewal. It's a much mm. faster cycle. But I don't know. I have not had a lousy time this January. I think it's wonderful. I think it's beautiful. I go for walks around South Lake Union. I think it's gorgeous, except for the person who has been throwing water or uh, <laughs> wine bottles through windows along South Lake Union. Why can't anybody catch the, the wino that's doing that? I don't know. But that's besides the point. Everything else is beautiful. I saw I saw uh, bald eagles the other day. Oh yeah, uh, I oh, saw. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? I saw beautiful bald eagles. They're all over the place. It's yeah, gorgeous, it's right? And everybody's complaining about this. Home, these homeless people. There's garbage everywhere. And I'm like, why don't you guys take two seconds to look out into the horizon and see bald eagles engaging in their death courtship, where they latch hands together and then swing in the air. Right. Well, the knock on January, from most people's perspective, is first off, it's the shortest days of the year. The weather comes in gray and cold and dark and then stays away the entire month. Great. Love it. You know, I'm with you. There's no major holidays Great. in January. Even February has Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's kind of post-Christmas. It's the letdown. It's, but that's what I love about it. So the author of this article in the New York Times loves about it is there's a return to normalcy. Ah. There's a return to, the, you know, if you love your job, you get back into a groove. You start, you, you're you again. You're not taking breaks off for the holidays. You're not doing this, that, and the other thing. There's no, everybody's not all festivists in your face every damn day. Yeah, yeah. January's, January's real. You can be you in January. That's, I think that people are, we've become so out of tune with how connected we are as corporeal beings to the earth, if that makes sense. Okay. That meaning that that Corporeal? we are physical bodies. Okay. That we are in essence. This is going to sound hippy dippy, but we are of this earth, right? We mm-hmm. are created of this earth. Yeah. And we are connected to it in a very embodied sense. And what we do now is we deny ourselves that sensory experience. Mm. Well, I spend all day under fluorescent lights, and then I get. Yep. And who are the happiest people that I know right now? People that I see running around South Lake Union, even though it's 30 degrees outside. Yep. People who are walking their dogs, even though it gets dark at 5 yep. o'clock. The happiest people that I know are the people that embrace it, not the people who resent it. And I think that that's something to, to get back into. 
Other than the fact that I can't practice yoga outside, I'm having the the time of my life right now. But you, your body needs this time also to get you know get in touch with well, yourself. Yeah, I'd need it because yeah, my rib is broken dead. and my vocal cords are like I'm tired, boss. I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm thankful and impressed by your stick to itiveness, your fortitude. I appreciate to that. work through this week. I know I know I gave you the crud and I apologize. No, I forgive you. I forgive you. I love the crud. I give you the crud. I am patient zero. My wife is now sick. No, I do this so that I can harbor and maintain resentments so that when I go and speak to Brian during mm-hmm. our meetings, I can just laundry list. I came in all week when I was sick with my mm. broken rib and I did this and I did this. It's almost like how a, like a alienated wife speaks to her husband. <laughs> You're making a list. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Throwing it all back. Uh, Andrew A plus, Nate Connors dancing while we were singing. Uh, who, well, who wasn't? A plus, my friend, Laura Scott. A plus, despite the fact that you missed that audio cut. Spike, I'm going to give you a solid C plus today. Because you, you hit the high harmony. I tried it. In REO Speedwagon. Yeah. Yep. And that's a high <laughs> third. John Curley, Sherry Elliker is coming up next. Here's your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Ain't got money. <laughs> I'm so in love with you, honey. Everything be a pain of love. I'm going to do it. Laura, she's like, dear human resources, <laughs> the so, conditions have become untenable. 